All right, hey everybody, welcome to, uh, well, we don't have a name for this, I guess it's the Fear the Fin cast, because that's what I call it on the Fear the Fin website. I'm Jacob Suntra, I'm managing editor of fearthefin.com, with Marcus White, staff writer at Fear the Fin. Uh, we're here to kind of talk about the next three games or so on the Sharks' schedule after a nice four days off. Marcus, what did you do in your four days off, sort of? Kind of hung out, didn't really didn't really do a whole lot, wasn't, wasn't super productive, but it was nice to have some time off. I dreamed about uh, Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle every single night. <laughs> uh, every night. Uh, all right, so tonight the Sharks play the Senators. Uh, the uh, Sens come to town for the only time this year, at least in the regular season, and I assume the only time this year, period, which means we get a chance to see Eric Carlson, which is uh, you know, really fun, one of the, the most fun defenders, well, one of the most fun hockey players, obviously, in the world. Um, and that's a really fun matchup, obviously, the matchup between him and Burns. Uh, the Senators are kind of a weird team. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk to the managing editor over at Silver 7 Sends uh, a little bit later today and have a uh, kind of an audio conversation with him that I'll have up on the site a little bit later as well. Uh, I know the literally you... What's that? Yes, exactly. We love alliteration yes. at SBA. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's a, a curse among uh, journalists. Uh, I know that uh, – uh, I mean, what are you expecting from the, the Sens? I mean, they just lost the game to the Penguins 8-5. to five. That's a team that's kind <laughs> of overachieved based on their uh, possession numbers. Uh, it's, it's a weird team. And I'm, I'm, the question I'm going to pose to him is what's the deal with the Senators? Uh, what are you expecting to see from them tonight? I think, you know, kind of another weird game, probably a game similar to what we saw in, uh, on Saturday – excuse me, on, yeah, on Friday? Friday? Yeah, Friday, Friday. when – the Sharks played Montreal, except the opposite. I expect the Sharks to kind of be the team to control play, and uh, Ottawa will be, you know, the ones shelled in, in possession uh, a little bit. Yeah, like you said, a weird team. Uh, they're really getting all the luck this year that they didn't have last year. Uh, they, it doesn't really seem like much has changed um, from their team. Maybe a couple changes, you know, systemic changes as well with Guy Boucher in charge now. Um but you know Carlson's having another great year. But it's you know it's a remember they played the Sharks around this time last year. And it was kind of the same deal. They were a team that scored a lot of goals, but really was not very good in possession. Uh, this the only difference being this year they're in a playoff spot at the moment. But you know I even though what we know about teams in the playoffs at Thanksgiving, I just I see too much uh, talent elsewhere in that division for them to get in. Yeah, I think. Uh... I don't know. The biggest thing to me is that I think about the Senators, and uh, and part of this is obviously that they're just in the Eastern Conference. But if you had me name, uh, you know, five Senators, I'd really struggle to do so. You know, I could go yeah. uh, be Eric Carlson, uh, Bobby Ryan. Uh, is Daniel Alfredson still there? Uh, no, <laughs> exactly. And it's like I, I, you know, it's just it's a very weird team that's managed to generate a lot of offense with a lot of. You know, I don't want to say nobody's because it's not really the not really true, but it's just they don't really have a lot of star power on the team. Um, which is just kind of a part of that. Obviously, is that um, yeah, notoriously um, stingy ownership group. Um, you know, and and uh, I think that that's something that's kind of hampered them over the years. Um, yeah, and I I don't really it's a, it's also a group that I don't really know what the plan is going forward. You know, obviously Eric Carlson is very very young, and that's a guy they're going to have for a long time. And that's a guy that you can build around, whatever. But you know, if you ask me what the plan is for the Senators, I'd say I don't know. Probably, hopefully, make the playoffs and just kind of be on the treadmill of mediocrity until Eric Carlson retires, kind of the same way that Daniel Alfredson did. 
yeah, no, it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't really feel like they have, you know, they're kind of in the worst spot possible, especially if they make the playoffs. It's the, it's the spot the Sharks were. We were worried about them being in, you know, before they kind of had this resurgence. It's, you know, low playoff team, you know, probably going to get knocked out in the first or second round this year, barring some huge change. And they're not bad enough, at least this year, where they're going to get a high draft pick. Uh, and they weren't bad enough last year, but they got a super high draft pick. I'm not sure what their pick situation is, but yeah, it, it feels like feels like they're a team that you know, like you mentioned, ownership that's constantly being pulled between like, are we going to rebuild or are we trying to contend? Um, you know, they're the, they're the little brother in Ontario, so they they have that uh, as well with the Maple Leafs in Toronto. Um, yeah, they're they're all they've been kind of a weird team since Carlson has been there. And, you know, I, I, unlike when Alfredson was there, I don't see them, you know, I don't think they have the pieces currently to make a, you know, a, a deep run even in the future. I mean, they arguably mortgaged their future trading Mika's Vinajad for Derek Brassard, an older, uh, arguably worse player. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, a very strange team. Yeah. And so after that, the uh, Sharks then go to Anaheim on Friday to play the Ducks. That's obviously a much more important game for the Sharks. So, I mean, the biggest danger, I think, in the Senators tonight is a, is the, you know, fear of a, a look-ahead type situation, which the Sharks are certainly prone to do, uh, especially against mediocre Canadian teams. Um, they have they've done it before. They'll do it again. Yeah, uh, that that Ducks game is certainly an important one, and then the Sharks come home for a back-to-back uh, against Carolina, which uh, you know I think we saw as a as a very good team, especially if they get decent goaltending. So it's kind of an yeah. interesting. It's a it's a, a three game set. It's three games in four days that is a lot tougher than it looks on paper because I think that you know if the depending on the way the the coins flip. Uh, they could see three very difficult teams or three very, very terrible teams. Uh, you know, if the, if the Senators get really good shooting, because, I mean, they're a great offensive team and they're certainly capable of doing it. If the Ducks get really good shooting, which, again, they're capable of, and if the uh, Hurricanes get okay goaltending, which they're capable of, then it's a really tough, uh, tough, uh, tough set. If they get the opposite way, you know, the Sharks could win all of these games by three goals, no problem. So yeah. I think it's kind of an interesting an interesting set. Uh, that being said, these are all winnable games, and these are all teams that the Sharks, at least on paper, should be better than, at least in my opinion. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think, the, you know, they've, they've had a few days off now. They've, they've had some rest, so that'll, that'll help because, they, they, you know, they, were playing, they had a really, really busy stretch, and they're going to have another busy stretch next week. They have back-to-back Ottawa-Toronto. Um, you know, this is this is a this is a stretch though. You look at it on paper and you think it's one that, uh, you know, they can they can get a uh, they can get points in each of these three games, and you know, then that'd be very that'd be big. I mean, it's it's still early in the season, but they you know they have that division lead and they uh, they they want to pad on it. So, yeah, I mean, technically, right? They come into this game now behind Edmonton. By oh, I didn't point. even realize. So yeah, yeah spoke out of Edmonton yeah, has played now. I believe it's. Uh, three more games than the Sharks now, at least two more points, uh, games than the wow. Sharks. Okay. And we can thank Buffalo three more games. for uh, three more games. Yeah. Buff- we can thank Buffalo for coming back with, I think under a minute last night and tying uh, with Edmonton and then taking it to overtime and beating the Oilers in overtime. So Edmonton's only a point up on the Sharks now. Edmonton and Calgary have played the most games in the division and they're first and third in the yeah. division because they played the most games. 
Uh, Calgary, I think, has won seven of their last ten, something like that. Calgary beat. Yeah, them. yeah, they are, and they've won. They've won four straight. Yeah, Calgary beat the Stars last night, who continued to fail to do just absolutely anything remotely close to success. Minus twenty um, goal differential. That's. Uh, it's baffling. There's really not a lot of teams in the West with positive goal differentials. Also, uh, this is Everyone's this is the year. zero or firmly yeah. in the negative. Yeah, this is this is the year that the Eastern Conference finally take takes over again. It's been a while since uh, the Eastern Conference was firmly the better conference, and I think this is this is it. This is the year that uh, I think we uh, have hired enough of the Eastern Conference's shitty coaches that now uh, <laughs> that now that now we're the worst conference. So yeah, that's what it that's what it took. Bringing yeah. Randy Carlisle back was the real, the straw that broke the camel's back. And that yeah, makes sense yeah, to me. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, so, okay, so we've talked enough about other teams. Let's talk about specifically what the Sharks have done over this little four-game window. Uh, so we talked about in the last podcast that the Sharks sent down Kevin LeBanc and Ryan Carpenter. We talked about that being kind of a paper move and that we were kind of expecting uh, those guys to play for the Barracuda right away. They did do that. They played for them on both Saturday and Sunday. In those games, uh, let's see, LeBanc had points in both of those games, and I believe had, uh, I want to say it was five or six shots on goal. You know, was very productive, looked, I mean, you know, it makes sense. Dude was, was lights out. I think he actually had three points, I take it back. I think he was better than a point a game when he was down there. You know, he, he was incredible, just like he was when uh, he was down there before. And uh, so, naturally, he got the call back up. Um, I was a little bit surprised that Carl, Carpenter didn't get called back. Uh, and it's still possible that he could. He still could. Uh, you know, I haven't checked my email in the last 15 minutes. And around now is when that email would go out. So, you know, I won't, won't rule it out or anything. Uh, Timo Meyer had an incredible weekend. Scored, you know, four goals. Uh, had something ungodly like, you know, 10 shots on goal over the weekend. I mean, might have been more than that. It might have been more like 15 shots on goal. You know, something just a lot. Absolutely a lot. absurd. Uh, and the Barracuda are just playing, you know, absolutely out of their minds right now. Uh, as it stands, though, LeBanc is the only call-up to the Sharks right now. So right now we know we've got LeBanc back with the team. Carlson is healthy, uh, as far as we know. <laughs> Wingles is back and healthy. Uh, so basically the only guy right now is, is Hurdle. So what is the team – what are you expecting them to look like tonight? Um, you know, I, so I think I wasn't too surprised that they only called up, uh, they only called up one player, you know, cap space was tight as is. And uh, this way they have 13, um, you know, I, and they, they like Wingles at that fourth line center spot. You know, we can, uh, I, I would probably argue that, um, Ryan Carpenter was a little more effective there, but you know, it's still, I think today's going to be Wingles, third game back maybe his fourth uh second or third it might just be a second second. game back yeah so you know he yeah he hasn't he hasn't played a ton so um it'll be good good to you know nice to see him after a few days off um sure we maybe could see another move today because i know couture's had maintenance days the last two days he had the right the screw removed in his uh his ankle which sounds just my ankle hurts yeah no yeah no Thank you. Um, so, you know, we could see, could see another move, uh, then, um, perhaps, but, 
Yeah, I, I think the lineup tonight you're probably going to see. Uh, I mean, I think LeBanc skated with Tierney and Ward the last two days. So if Couture plays, I'd expect LeBanc to play with Couture and Ward, Tierney with Bodker uh, and um, Don Scoy. And Don Scoy, yeah. The captains staying together and then Haley, uh, Wingles, Carlson. Or maybe, you know, you put Carlson up in the top six and then LeBanc's on. Uh, the fourth line, you know, the bank and Haley seem to have some chemistry together with uh, Ryan Carpenter in the middle. That was a, a pretty effective look for the fourth line. Yeah. Um, I think actually I thought, that uh, Haley looked the best when he was with LeBanc and Carpenter. And I, it, it's, I yes. know it's such a small sample that I don't want to read too much into it, but I think yeah, Haley looked best with much better with those guys than he has looked when he's been with like Tierney and Wingles for sure. Like if his, Tier- his style fit, I think with those yeah, two, because they, they feel like he, even, it's more of a, a blend of styles rather than the same style because he's too similar to Wingles. And I feel like, yeah, they're kind of like trying to do the same thing. Whereas it's like LeBanc yeah. is comfortable because like, Oh yeah, Haley's doing this thing. LeBanc's doing this. Yeah. Thing. And Carpenter's yeah. like, Oh yeah, I know what these guys are doing and I can do my own thing. They they have a little. They, it felt like it was a, a little bit more of a flexible line, and you know, yeah. Anecdotally, I, I know their possession numbers were really good together, but anecdotally, it felt like whenever they were on the ice, that they, you know, were cycling the puck well, and they were they were working really well together. So, you know, may, maybe uh, DeBoer tries to see if if that's the the combination still with with Wingles centering. Um, you know, because I I imagine it, you know Wingles can play a pretty similar game. Uh, to Carpenter, but you know maybe they want LeBanc in the top six. Not too surprised about Meyer though. Um, you know I've been reading a little bit about him, and you know it, it seems like he's you know his penalty. He's taking a lot of penalties. Um, Recently though, those numbers have been way way down. He hasn't, down. Taken, a, he okay. hasn't taken a penalty for seven games. Um, and oh, okay, almost great. All of those penalties were early in the season. I went and looked on this. I I, I meant to write a post on this, and I know yeah. that. Someone posted in the comments yesterday, and I. this is something I'm going to do once we're done with this show. Doug Wilson was on a radio show yesterday where he talked about uh, guys like Meyer and even Sorensen being, uh, you know, close. Uh, and I yeah. haven't listened to the full quotes yet, but I, I took that to be a good sign. But, yeah, the penalties early on especially were, not, were a big concern, and I know that all those penalties were of the not good variety. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know that's a concern. And the, the retaliatory, undisciplined, yeah. not good type stuff. So that's definitely yeah. something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's that's just a matter of also, I think, um, that's that comes with time. And I think it, it comes back to they don't they don't want to quite, you know, rush him yet. They know that, uh, you know, yep. I think if – honestly, I think it goes, it goes back to how great of a camp LeBanc had and how well he's played this season that, you know, if – if he didn't get in the get on the coach's you know radar at that time, maybe they stick with twelve, or maybe they you know, or maybe they they bring up Meyer sooner than sooner than LeBanc. So um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too surprised to see him not come up. I think it, you know I think it's smart. You don't want to you don't want to rush him. I think if if when he gets called up, it'll be in a time similar to when LeBanc got called up. The team's struggling to score, maybe going through a little injuries. Maybe they have a. a a stretch in the schedule where they haven't uh, they haven't done you know as well. Although you know you, maybe you see him called up for the Toronto uh, for the East that's, Coast road trip. I that's know they what t- I was going to say too. They, I know they like to bring a body for the road trips too, and it wouldn't shock me to yeah. see them bring him for the road trip here. I also think yeah. that um, 
this three-game swing, uh, in my opinion, could be a big test for Tommy Wingles and what his future is going to be with this team. Because I think yeah. you're right that uh, the one-game sample right after he comes back from injury, yeah, that would be a really unfair audition for him. But this three-game swing, if they put him say, hey, James, you're going to play fourth-line center. We'll see how you do. Yeah. And then maybe they make a decision. I think that might be uh, – that might be the situation. And if that's the case, I think that's a, a lot more fair to a guy who's been with the organization a long time and B would just be a smarter coaching decision. And if that's the case, then yeah, maybe we see something, a decision made, you know, come, uh, come, come Sunday or Monday. Yeah. I, I think he's, I think, he, he deserves a little bit longer of a look after coming back. Absolutely. For sure. Like you said, the, the service to the organization, but you know, in a limited sample, Ryan Carpenter's look good. Mm-hmm. and capable in that spot. And he's a lot cheaper than Tommy Wingles. He's at least uh, forced people to think about it anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, and I, you know, it's it's going to be something they have to think about as long as Hurdle's out because that yep. Tierney's, Tierney's filled, filled in, you know, pretty well at the third line center spot. Um, he's gotten a lot better since the beginning of this, and yes. since last season especially, and even since the beginning of this season. He looks... Uh, still, I I still don't think he's you know the answer, but I think even uh, maybe even by next season that I would feel a lot more comfortable with him in that role if he continues to improve at this rate. I've been really yeah. impressed by how much he's improved and already. He, he's 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 taking these you know it feels like he's putting putting it together a little more consistently. I've always thought he's a good you know he's a he's a pretty skilled player for a guy whose reputation coming out of junior was oh he's a you know a checker and a and a penalty killer. Yeah, a penalty and killer, right, exactly. But he's, yeah. he's, he's got good hands. He has really good offensive instincts. I think he's, you know, obviously he's not as good as Joe Thornton, but I think he's one of the best passing forwards on the team. You know, That's what I was like going to say. Up he's, good, he's a good assist guy for sure, yeah. Yeah, and so that's, you know, he's got a he's – you look at his skill set and you think, okay, this, is, this can coalesce into something pretty good for our, our bottom six or our top nine. Um you know, I think maybe at the beginning of the year they were asking him to punch above his weight a little bit, and you know, yeah. I don't know if it's a confidence thing or he just said, "Okay, now I have to," you know, with Tom, mm. Tomas Hurdle out, I have to step up and I have to play in that spot. But he's been, you know, he's been good there, and I like, I like the look of that line. I think putting Don Skoy with him helps. I think for sure. I think Kachur is a player where even though the two have played ten hours together, that you can you can split. Kachur and Donskoy up, and Kachur will still be okay. And I think, you know, even though Donskoy is technically a less experienced player than Tierney because he didn't play the year before like Tierney did um, the year played, before last year. Yeah. But I think that that's a calming presence for him uh, on that line, and I think it's helped. I mean, Donskoy's got that pro experience too. I mean, uh, exactly. pro experience earlier that you know, yeah. And even yeah. even so, I think that uh, Tierney having that, uh, yeah, I know he was in in junior, but it's he wasn't playing in the queue, you know. He wasn't just playing yeah. in junior. He was playing with a very, very, very good junior team. Yeah. Uh, and that, that that matters. You know, it makes a difference. He was playing in the best junior league in the world with, you know, one of the best junior franchises of all time. And I think that that makes a difference as far as his development is concerned. And I think that's yeah. a big part of the reason so many people are so excited about him. I think I look at his skill set. Yeah, you, know, you never know what a guy's going to eventually develop into. But I think you're right when you look at, um, the way his passing ability, I see him as a guy that, you know, maybe at least at some point could develop into a guy that could be uh, a guy that you put on. Yeah, I mean, even as a quarterbacking guy for a second power play unit, as far as his passing yeah, ability, because no. I like the way that he sees the ice. Like the, I, I feel comfortable with him 
handling the puck at the blue line because he does he's he's good you know handling the puck in dangerous areas in the defensive zone so as such I feel comfortable with him doing the same in a dangerous position while on the attack yeah and I think he looked good in that you know because he got a lot of power point time in the preseason with the world Cup guys gone and I thought he looked he looked good there and you know he hasn't gotten the look there yet um that you know, Which I doesn't surprise me. I mean, but you're you're gonna get yeah. bumped down the depth chart by those guys. That's of course, a lot. It doesn't say as much about tyranny as it does about those other guys. No, exactly. But you know, with the second line, second unit not really having a center, you know, Joel right. Ward is taking most of the faceoffs. I I I wonder if maybe we start to see you know tyranny get some looks, especially if, as Hurdle uh, continues to be out. But yeah, no, he's. It, I agree with what you said. The pedigree's there. The skill sets there. And it, it feels like he's starting to put it together. All right. Uh, so, and uh, I guess he, the only other personnel type stuff is that, uh, oh, I wanted to point out a uh, Barracuda thing. Uh, Mantis Armalas has continued to play a uh, ton of minutes. He played in both yeah. games of the back-to-back this weekend. Um, he's got his save percentage up, I think, back over 900 again. Uh, this is something that I thought was interesting. Uh, when I was looking at the Barracuda's numbers this weekend, because, you know, there was no shark stuff to talk about. Um, part of the thing I thought that was holding them back, they were in fourth place in the Pacific, despite having pretty good possession numbers, was their goaltending. They're, they have a 9.08, which doesn't sound very good. That's, uh, that's in the top 10 last I looked in save percentage. Really? Really? So, which, in fairness, I think tells you a whole lot more about AHL defenses yeah. than it does about AHL goaltending. Because I think, as we know, the depth in goaltending, you know, I mean, there are good goalies in the ECHL. There are not good defenders exactly. in the ECHL, yeah. you know. But, yeah. Uh, so, I think that that's reason to be optimistic about, you know, guys even like Mantis Armalas, who started very, very slowly um, adjusting to the North American game. Did he play when you when you uh, went to Ontario? Ah, uh, jeez, did he play? Yeah, uh, no, I think it was. I think, well, you know, I honestly, can't, I honestly can't remember. I, I want to say it was Grossnick, but and maybe that was the game he got hurt in. I did he get hurt in practice? Yeah, I can't. Was I that think he might have gotten hurt in practice. See, so that's what I think too, because I think it was Grossnick. But then I was thinking, well, but if he got hurt in a game, he definitely nobody got hurt in that game. So yeah, yeah, so I think it was I think it was Grossnick, yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, geez, like watching a goalie like means just absolutely nothing to me. I can't sit there and look, watch a guy and right. be like, oh yeah, especially not from the stands. You'd be like, oh man, he looks so yeah, no, yeah, yeah, confident or you know. I'm just curious about is it because it seems you know his his safe percentage is very low to start. It seems like he's been getting better over these games. Yeah. Twelve would sit. That's his safe percentage that sits outside the top twenty uh, currently. But, you know, it's, I think it's encouraging that he's starting to pick up on the, uh, the North America. Because, you know, he was, a, he was a very good goaltender in Sweden. Uh, they signed him for more than, more than just his looks. So yep. it's nice to see him make that adjustment to, the, uh, to North American ice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tim Heat also had a good weekend. I know he had a goal in one of those games. And that's another guy that uh, is worth keeping an eye on. I know that's a guy that the... Sharks are glad that they have in the organization for sure. I thought that was a really good pickup by them. We'll see if Schlemko skates today. He took he took a maintenance day. Yeah, I think the last two days he has not skated, or he took a maintenance day. I, I know he took w- at least one of the days that Couture did. I remember seeing that. I don't know if he took one both of the days that Couture did. He oh, might uh, have though. I'll check. I wasn't able to go to. Uh... Oh well, a uh, little bit of breaking news. Uh, Sharks recalled Mirko Mueller. Wow. 
I'm a little surprised he got the call up before um, before Tim Heath. Me too. I'm shocked actually. Uh, yeah. I why I wonder. I, I honestly, yeah. Well, I'm, okay. Uh, huh. That's interesting. Okay. I mean, I mean, I I would take that as Schlemko not being able to potentially not being able or some someone on defense. But, not but uh, then why much. wouldn't you just play uh, Dylan Demello? They, I it could be a longer term thing if they bring up a seventh. I guess. that's my guess. The, who, do you think that they're just putting Mueller in the press box then, though? Because wouldn't you want to keep, call up a a body that you're not going to play? Because you don't you want that's Mueller what, to well, play, right? I, I, what's up? Because you want Mueller to play in the AHL, right? You, if you if you're going to, well, I don't know if they have games. I don't know what their schedule is. They they play tomorrow. Oh yeah. Hmm. All right, all right. Well, go do some reporting. Marcus has to go to. Yeah, the, I'll, I'll, to go I'll to do my best to find out. Okay. Yeah. Well, sounds good. Well, that's going to be it for us. We have some. We have work to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, good. By the time that anyone listens to this on iTunes, we'll have some uh, have some news about uh, Mirko Mueller on the on the website. I can't wait. Uh, great. Right. Is he old enough to drink yet, Mirko Mueller? Man, how old I think, is that? I think he just turned like. Lord. Do you think that uh, Logan Couture took him out to Santana Row for his birthday to his favorite TGI Fridays? <laughs> he turned 21 in March. Favorite. Okay, yeah. Yurko uh, Mueller up. Huh, okay. All right, well, sounds good. Well, uh, we'll do another one of these on Monday uh, after I get back from uh, the center of the universe in Toronto. Uh, if I make it back, I guess. If I don't, I'll, we'll broadcast live from Toronto. Well, maybe I could go to the Sharks game if I get stuck there. There's supposed to be a blizzard in Toronto this weekend. So Hey, it, everything's covered up, Jake. Well, I'm going to go crash at the Sharks hotel. Maybe uh, Jamie Baker will let me stay in his hotel room. <laughs> or or uh, under the block. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nope. Somebody, somebody, please. God. All right. Sounds good. Well, Marcus, always a pleasure. You can follow Marcus on Twitter at Marcus P. White. Me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Fear the Fin. Hey, we're doing a Fear the Fin night, January 14th, St. Louis Blues, and get to see a Barracuda game against the Stockton. The retconned first annual Barracuda. <laughs> yeah, no, never mind. I'm just kidding. That uh, People got really mad about that. Uh, I, uh, <clears throat> I should learn how to Google. You can go to our website. It's pinned on the front page to learn more about that. Thank you. Don't don't uh, don't don't slide into my DMs, please. Not no more. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. I appreciate it. Bye, guys.